0: Hi everybody, Uh, my name is Vincent. I am the CEO and founder of Lucky Duck Games, uh, a board game publisher with a mission to transform mobile games into tabletop experiences and it's a pleasure for me to be here uh, on the ledge of tabletop.
1: Thank you so much for being here, Vincent. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and learn more about what you've done with the Kickstarter for Jetpack Joyride. That sounds like a lot of fun, and looking at the video, it it looks amazing and i cannot wait to get my hands on that
0: (laughs) thank you very much yeah yeah so i i can tell you a small background uh as of why we do what we do which is a very unusual thing especially given that a lot of people who come to board games typically do it as a way to kind of walk away from their phone right um for, for the last 12 years actually i've been uh focused on making video games actually for the last i've i've been running uh, two, two different mobile game and PC game companies in the last 10 years. One called Kobojo, which was based in Paris, focused on uh, Facebook games, casual games. Um, uh, and uh, I left in 2012 to move to Poland and create another company called Lucky Duck Games, uh, Special, uh, sorry, before that, Everyday I Play, which was specialized into mobile games uh, called Midcore Games. So kind of a bit more like more strategy game, a bit more meaty, a bit more complex. Um, and through that entire span of time, I, as I was you know, making free games in which one to 2% of people might actually eventually buy something out of my digital store, I was trying to sell physical things um, and miserably failed for 10 years doing so. <laughs> uh, because we're trying to do, it's okay, you know, t-shirt, mugs, 3D printed minifigures, none of these ever worked. Um, and um, three years ago, my brother out of everybody asked me for some visual uh because he's uh, pr- making some board game prototype and I know my brother has been making board game for a while never searched for publishers was too shy for that and so I told him yes I'm going to give you the visual of Vikings gone wild which is one of our uh one of my video game uh but for this you know. Um, and he accepts uh, it took him six months before he presented me anything and we meet at my parents house I tried the board game version of it and I'm like wow this is really good Julia I have no idea how board game work yet I mean in, from a publisher perspective but I'm really excited to 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 try and so we uh, my mobile <laughs> the video game team works on on actually making that box and, and, and all those components we do a lot more play tests and then we present it to our players and for the first time in 10 years people actually want this they actually tell me I can't find it in Amazon um, and how can I find this game and I'm like whoa, whoa this stuff doesn't exist just yet give us a moment so we decided to do a Kickstarter um, it was two years ago our first Kickstarter adapting Vikings on Wild the online game as Vikings on Wild the board game uh, and it was a tremendous success
1: the box art for Vikings Gone Wild—that is so adorable. <laughs> it um, is pretty really fun, yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it—it uh, it seems to me that you have done a really excellent job of branding Lucky Duck. As just this really, really encapsulating the spirit of fun and family, and and just uh, really, really enjoyable times because uh, I, the it's full of action. That uh, that box art for Vikings yes. on
0: I'm I'm grateful to have Matush Komada who has actually has been a, a co-founder with me uh, of Lucky Duck and actually it makes a nice bridge with what I was saying because as as we finished that Kickstarter I I re- and you know we got really into the details of making this it it become very clear for us that everyday I play as a mobile game publisher was never going to make it work um, uh, it, it it's the DNA of this company were so you know 160 so Lucky Duck Games was born on that mission to. Re- to reproduce what we did with Vikings Gone Wild, which is basically go and meet, you know, other mobile, PC, Facebook, uh, console game developers, um, and work with them to adapt their content. And it turns out that uh, Mateusz has has this talent to really make things look incredibly bright and vibrant uh, and it, it's really his talent and i'm super grateful to to have him uh on our team because he really he bright things up in a way that is so enchanting when we go on our booth you know we're at gen con like we have we just come out of a long a convention period where we're, and so every time we have all those huge two meters by one meter posters next to each other it's like wow this is this is special so thank you for <laughs> sharing this and so it it bridged to jetpack's rides. Right? Um, I've met, uh, I, I managed to get in touch with Halfbrick, the uh, mobile developer of the, the of the mobile game, about a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, actually more than that, actually it's been, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I say about a year and a half ago. And um, so we have had the IP for a long time, but what's tricky with what we want to do here is that it, we're not a marketing agency. We're not here to just, you know, Brent, Jetpack, tried for the purpose of Fabric. What we want to do are kickass board games. So, um, and it's it brings an interesting canvas because you can't just make a board game. You have to make it that it, it still brings some of the emotion of the mobile game that it comes from and still can stand by itself as actually a good board game. And and it's, it's always very challenging. And so I'm very happy that we really, uh, Michał Gowomowski, who is a Polish uh, game designer, uh, brought us this prototype uh, based on this IP that was absolutely fantastic, uh, using those transparent tiles and really capture the essence of this mobile game into a board game.
1: Yeah, and the uh, from what I saw of the gameplay on the small video that came with the press pack that I received, mm-hmm. um, it, it made me think of uh, just briefly made me think of the old game, um, oh, what was it, Robo Rally. Robo just a rally. little bit. yeah, do you, yeah, yeah, do
0: you the, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, isn't it like a programming game? I, I think it's a game of programmation, right? Yes. Uh, where you have to, uh, to, to decide uh, in which order which action will be done. Uh, what aspect reminded you of RoboReady actually?
1: It, it did, just just the fact that you lay out the pieces in context with where your character is going to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the path.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. drawing a path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so um, uh, interestingly, actually, the, this game though is played on, on real time, uh, mm-hmm. but you know actually real-time games can be difficult for some player because uh, playing in real time in that uh, uh, the pieces it's, it's, it's stressful <laughs> and, and some people really dislike the idea of being stressed while playing a board game you know the idea of doing a turn by turn it's church and vincent oh thank you let me see what i have in front of me is 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 relaxing and so so uh, but what's interesting with this one is that um, there's no timer. Uh, the, this this board game, everybody plays at the same time. So nobody is waiting for anybody. We play at the same time, but there's no timer. So it's not like, oh, there's 30 seconds left. Uh, it's actually the, the, the round finishes when one person actually gets out of the lab but most people are not the we're not pushing for everybody to go fast it's more about finding the best path going up and down and trying trying to catch every coins and trying to make as many missions as possible so even though it's it's a real time game it, it 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 doesn't have as much of a stressful kind of case to itself than other real time games have and and so i am um, and still yet, because it's real time, it kind of encapsulates the stress you could have when you play the mobile game. Because when you play that mobile game, it's a runner where you actually, you're, sorry, you're going up and down like this. And so it's real time actually, it's really real time. So it, it kind of embodies a bit of the expected emotion you will have uh, if you do know the mobile game. But the truth is you don't need to know the mobile game to enjoy this thing. That was the goal for us to be, to have something good enough that you don't need to know the IP for, for you to enjoy it.
1: and I'm quite glad because I've never played the video <laughs> game. Um, but it 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 does it does look like quite a bit of fun as I said, that press pack stood out to me uh, from a selection of other items okay. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you very yes, much. I appreciate it. So-
1: uh, yeah, that's that's what incited me to reach out to you. Is this this actually looks like a very well developed and a well put together product, and I'm excited to see this come to market.
0: Thank you very much. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the, there is something interesting in the development process. So the how came with actually blockus pieces. I don't know if you know blockus. It's a, it's a game. Uh, I think I think it was German. Uh, so because it didn't have those tiles, the way we have done them. So we actually uh, worked for months way before this Kickstarter to actually work with our manufacturer to actually produce those uh, yellow plastic tiles that has to be transparent so that you can see uh, through them. And so we had many iterations. Actually, at the beginning, they were much smaller than what they are. We didn't like their size. We grew them up uh to to get to that uh to, to this uh, size and manipulation so it will be really easy to manipulate and that's yellow this flashy yellow has something so vibrant to it when you play there's um there's something um very delightful to manipulate those pieces and those those This 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 plastic tiles because of their color, their shape, and also the way you have to think because it's kind of it's a puzzle, right? So I've demoed this game above like at least a hundred times at least Mm -hmm. because we're in conventions, and every time I play this game, it's boom, it's on, and I have to find this path. It's a new puzzle. It's like the it's always an enjoyment in the way you have to think in the way you have to solve this puzzle, and uh, so. Yep. Ju- just to share a bit of the creative process, I would say.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, when you look at, when you evaluate a cell phone game mm-hmm. or any video game mm-hmm. to like, what are the points that you look for when, when you okay. start to go through the process of conversion from digital to analog?
0: So I'll tell you something. Uh, we, we have been learning quite a bit on this. Um, the, the, the first three games we have done have been all so-called casual game, meaning that they are they they are a game with a lot of with a lot of downloads, easy to play, very accessible visually, um, and uh, and this kind of visual uh, is definitely targeted for family. What we see from it is that they are not necessarily the best route. Uh, when you want to do uh, when when you want to crowd and gather as many people because uh, platform like Kickstarter, I mean we're doing an absolutely fantastic Kickstarter right now, so I'm super pleased. <laughs> but uh, when you compare it to other projects we've had, those IP uh, tend to uh, tend to do better on uh, on retail. So those we know should do well in stores uh, when when we sell them. Um, what we're moving towards uh, in 2019, after making those three very casual IPs, we're moving towards more what we call mid-core, mid-core IPs. Um, what's a mid-core IP? It's an IP that actually you might have actually played a bit longer than a casual game. It's also uh, an IP that might have asked you for a bit more uh, strategy and a bit more uh, uh, engagement. Intimately, uh, the type of IP have I would say a stronger emotional attachment or emotional emotion, commitment towards it um, as as a for to us as consumers. So one IP we signed recently is called uh, Kingdom Rush. It's one of the oldest mobile tower defense ever. We made an announcement. So the, the game is 10 years old. So those are not young. Um, but when we shared it, the, the, the community was cheering so cheerfully. It was so good because we worked really hard to sign this deal with, with these guys. Because like them, we absolutely love this mobile game that we played for hours and hours and hours. So we're kind of coming back from those massive IP that have uh, millions and millions of downloads to actually more uh, smaller IPs, uh, but with with communities. Obviously, first of all, IPs that we love. Uh, we're again, we're not a marketing agency. Like we actually contact those 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 developers. We because we love their game and because we want to uh, give a tribute to them. Uh, but we are kind of going now more and more towards us. You know, smaller game, but with a more active community, with a more engaged, uh, with a more engaged community than than those big mass students um, like Fruit Ninja um, and and other games we we work with. Though we are super excited to have those IP, uh, we're very proud of the work we've done around them. It's always a challenge uh, because often when you say, "Yeah, I've done the Fruit Ninja board games," like what? But uh-huh. why? <laughs> and uh, so, but it's don't judge me, try. I said, oh wow, that was really fun actually. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so, so we're very proud of what we've done um, on those very large IP and we're going more towards smaller ones or at least more meat core ones.
1: Okay. Now, speaking of Fruit Ninja, I am going to interject very briefly for a moment okay. now and enjoying fruits and coffees of the day i'm going to interject with a word from our sponsor small batch craft coffee roaster birds of the feather coffee company roasts unique craft coffees in small batches so it's always fresh their signature blends showcase the amazing breadth and depth of flavor coffee has to offer the night owl blend for instance is a rich deep cup of coffee with notes of smooth caramel, decadent cocoa, and bittersweet molasses with just a touch of acidity to cleanse the palate so you're ready for the next sip. Check out all of the Bird's Coffees and order now at (sighs) www.BirdsCoffeeCompany.com. Gather the flock and migrate on down to birdscoffeecompany.com.
0: Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> cheers. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> mm. Very well.
1: Yeah, so uh, you now where were we before I interjected? I apologize for
0: that. <laughs> no worries. We're talking about fruit and ninja. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, so um yes, yeah, so so uh it's 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 been a great journey. And you know, I I wanted to to talk about uh one thing that really matters for us as a company and really as a value as a company is the fact that um, we are, we're spending way too much time on our phones, especially our kids and, and our growing ones. So um, one of the thing we're we're kind of proud of is to kind of try to use, um, the the brands and the visual and the game that they have played for many hours on their phone, um, and but bring them as multiplayer social games around a table. So there is this kind of um, you know emotional bridge to kind of bring our kids with uh, with those friends that they, they, they generally know better than us. Uh, I have an eight years old and five years old and they have played way too much Fruit Ninja, if you ask me. Uh, it's, a, but it's always great when they say, oh, you make Fruit Ninja, let's play Fruit Ninja on the table uh, as a card game and a totem to grab. Uh, I, I think there is a, a, a wonderful, uh, in this, in this um, digital era, a wonderful connection between those and bringing them back as physical objects.
1: That's wonderful that, that you've managed to do that, to, to pull our children back into the physical realm versus just stuck. Yes. <laughs> <in. laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Um, um, actually, f- f- as a fun fact, actually, uh, though the adults, uh, a lot of the adults discover the mobile games that are attached with our board games and then become addicted to those mobile <laughs> games. Like, ah, I hate you. I don't know the Jetpack <laughs> just right. It's really good. I spent hours on it. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, anyway.
1: No, no, it, it's fine. Now, uh, calling back to your entrepreneurial nature mm-hmm. in the first place, um, how did you earn your first dollar?
0: Fair enough. It's a good question. Or
1: or whatever monetary yeah, 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 yeah.
0: In, I, 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 in your country. The, the, I mean the, this one this one is is the most important right because it's it's how you break out of the daily chain of having a boss right uh, because you still need to sustain yourself uh, financially. I'm not, I, I didn't make a loan and I'm and I'm, honestly I'm not uh, courageous enough to say oh, fuck it I'm just oh sorry I've been too oh We
1: yeah, are I'm just, not operating.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'm just gonna go and like uh, and uh, yeah, bet my all savings on this on this area. I, I was not this kind of entrepreneur. Uh, however, I was a really hard worker uh, and I was a programmer. So actually, I grew up. I started programming when I was 12 years old. And between the age of 12 to 20, actually, I program eight video games. So that's that's how I I uh, I, I I learned that skill at least. Um, and we are in 2007. Uh, I live at the time, actually 2008, I live in San Francisco at the time. I work for Microsoft Research as a programmer in the Silicon Valley. And um, one of my best friends, uh, Philippe, uh, contacts me. He's at the time, is literally the best video game programmer I've ever worked with at the time. And we have this project to do a Facebook platform of mini games. Facebook is really growing at the time. Uh, we've, we've never... Uh, it, 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 there's definitely room for it. We try many things in English. We never, It never works out for us. And then we realize that nobody's doing apps in French on the Facebook platforms. Uh, so we create this game called Goo Box, uh, which was basically uh, two, three minute mini games on, that you play on Facebook. Uh, so very small, like very small iterations. We, we work... Evenings for three, four months, like every evenings or way too many evenings, and we launched this in July two thousand eight, and in one month we go from zero user to three million users. Wow! <laughs> because the platform at the time uh, was uh, was still growing, and there is ways to get to get viral in a in a in a very in a very normal way, like just using the platform that was hypergrowth. They they have tightened up these instances. But the, we managed to catch an incredible viral wave with this with this game and and get mostly French users uh, in 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 an incredibly short time. So we went from making no money to making at the time it was one hundred fifty thousand euro per month. In in wow. in <laughs> so that's how we make our first pennies. Um, but it came with also a lot of stress because I will always remember for this small story. Uh, it was early July. I got married on the 24th of July that year. Um, so it's my 10th anniversary this year. And oh, um, it was my wife. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's actually very soon. Um, and the day of my marriage, uh, I wake up and uh, our servers are down. And oh, it's no. just it's just me and this guy. You know, we're not a corporation. There is no employee or a, a guy on first. So it doesn't matter or not. Like, I need to. So I'm like, I'm sorry, Ani. Just, just give me an hour. <laughs> So it's the day of my marriage. I'm actually working on this server trying to put this stuff together because it was growing so fast. There's so many people that our our server was not. So that's how I make my first video. It was a long story, but I thought it was um, worth sharing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I, I don't know what it was about those two years. I just celebrated the 11th. Wow. Okay. That's congratulations. So yeah, I mean, it's like, this is the time. So yep. it, it, it's going to happen, it's going to be around then. Um, oh gosh. Let's see. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Now, if you could, if you had the power to create one perfect movie or TV adaptation of a video game story, what game would you pick?
0: A movie or TV uh, adaptation? It's a fair question. Actually, the truth is, the first video I've ever had to make was the first was uh, the Vikings Gone Wild Kickstarter. I've never made video before. As much as I have a brain for game design, and and I would say for illustration in general or like visual, uh, the whole thing the whole movie side of things have terrified me as a creator like it's something that i've never uh, learned to do never learned to and so i've i've, I've learned though to kind of embody that fear to make some first kickstarter video and so it's our sixth kickstarter and so I'm, I'm i'm always the one making the script of that and i work with wonderfully talented people but it's a tricky question for me because it's one of the few uh canvas of creation that i feel like i'm not as comfortable um but let's see if i was speaking an ip uh what would it be it's a fair question um i honestly do not know oh, i honestly okay. don't. <laughs> it's uh it's i don't know i'm so sorry uh, that that's
1: a fair <laughs> answer Vince. so that is a very fair answer um now now i'm just going to see oh what is the what is, oh, man, that that's not, I'm not going to ask that. What is the most gracious response to the rejections that you faced? It, okay, it, as that's a matter of fact, I'm, if you
0: so, have faced any. Oh, yeah, see so. any, any threat you're asked, <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, what was my most graceful answer to a rejection? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so here's the story is that so I make video games and, and and so making mobile games mobile and PC game, it means that we're uh, it's it's a fully digitally distributed thing. So it means that we have a very uh, very strong di- uh, communication channel with our players. If they want to tell if they want to speak their mind, they can oh, yes. <laughs> so um um the, I mean there there have been many graceful answers to to hatred. I think that ultimately the recipe that uh, we have found uh, as being the most appropriate in any uh, place where you face rejection is to uh, is to first acknowledge that perception. That's you know I I hear you on the fact that you don't like what I do, or I hear you in the fact that you uh, you are not happy in what's happening. So. Um, so I acknowledge you. And uh, and then after this, I acknowledge the idea is to either find a solution for that person's worry or or to say thank you so much for having at least spent some time around what we've done. I'm sorry if this was not what you wanted or expected. Um, and just be grateful that those people were around. So I think the best way to diffuse hatred or or the rejection is to just be grateful. <laughs> um, yes. um. And and basically and and often enough, uh, the the real trolls because you really you can have some real trolls. They, it's really hard for them to deal with someone actually who uh, uh, who suddenly uh, shows some form of compassion towards them rather than flaming them. So so yeah so that I would say that's that's. And we uh, and you know there is always someone unhappy somewhere in the world with what we do because we uh, we sell a lot of games uh, either at the time on mobile mobile games you know like I told you three million users in in a month that creates a lot of emails <laughs> and there oh, are I some see. people happy and some people unhappy especially when the server is down at eight p.m. The day of my wedding <laughs> um, but um, uh, you know. It's just um what we have found also is that people would reject or or show hatred tend to uh, actually be the one who like us the most really? very very strangely, the people who were the the harshest are the people uh who felt truly disappointed in the highest expectation they had. So typically um they're not here just here to say I hate you. They're just say like, oh man, like they, they express in a very angry way what's actually is love in a sense. You know it's 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 a very strange thing to uh, to to unwrap and understand. But actually often uh, most of the people who, uh, who, 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 who uh, who express this kind of hatred are still sticking around because really, really, they like the products and they just wish it was just a little bit different the way they wish it was, you know, so so anyway.
1: What would you say is the most agonizing career decision that you've had to make?
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, I would say it was leaving Kobojo in 2012. Um, I, at the time, Kobojo... So Kobocho is that company I created with Philippe that I was mentioning. So basically, after after this early stuff, we get a third founder in France. His name was Frank, and we decided to grow the company in France. This company grew uh, up to a hundred employees. We raised seven and a half million dollars. We are like uh, producing a lot of content and and grew on that model of making uh, mobile uh, Facebook games uh, for for the French and the English market. Um, and ultimately, I uh, for. For mostly personal reasons, I had to leave the company in uh, August 2012. Um, and uh, and it was a tough decision because the company was still growing. Actually, the company was growing. There was also many things that were not working out the way we all wanted because in this hyper growth and market changes, there's always adaptation and things to do. And I felt that like I left the company at a time where I still had a lot to do. But plenty of personal decision um, weight in the fact that I had to go. And ultimately, though, I don't regret. Now, looking back, I don't regret. At the time, it was a very agonizing decision, but I don't regret it because I moved to Poland and created Everyday Play, and it actually gave me a canvas to kind of start from scratch, from everything that I have learned, growing a 100 people company. With the mini mistake I did as the first time you, the first time you grow a 100 people company, you're gonna make mistake, right? You just uh, you've never learned to be a manager. You've never learned to do a lot of, of of you don't understand what leadership means. You don't understand what values and missions means. And we did so many things wrong. So starting every day I play, I was very excited because there was this renewal I could do um, in, in, uh, in 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 starting from scratch and without also my two other co-founder, which I loved, uh, but uh, I, I I had a chance to redo re- it the Vincent way. And uh, and so, and, and looking back, I really, I'm actually grateful for, for leaving at the time, even though at the time it's it was not, it was, it was difficult.
1: Okay. Now, uh, let's see, what's one thing that you are absolutely terrible at since?
0: <laughs> uh, Oh, I'm a. In general, it's I, I. I'm. I'm working on curing myself a lot, and for the last three, four years, I've I found cure to it. Uh, I'm. In general, I'm, I'm a very. Uh, I'm a very messy guy, uh, and uh, and and, I found how to deal with this in my. Digital and professional organization. I found tools, literally tools, on how to deal with uh, with the flow of a lot of incoming uh, and or outgoing and task. Um, I would say, in the real world, I'm grateful to have my wife who keep me planted into <laughs> earth. <laughs> Help me, uh, keep standing. Um, yeah. So, so I would say that's 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 definitely. Uh, that's definitely one of the greatest and, and thing that I, I, I really suck at. Also, I'm a, I'm a terrible artist myself. I cannot draw. So um, both Everyday Play and Lucky Duck Games, the two last company I created in Poland, the first co-founder I found was our dir- art, art, art director, because I, I I do believe in the power of the image and the power of communication through it. And so the first skill I knew I needed next to me was was art, was a good artist, a Good, a good illustrator because um, uh, this is, uh, this I suck at. And I would say this is one of the most t- satisfying thing as as a creator of board game and video games is that you get to work with people who are very good at other things you're, you're not. I'm a programmer, so I, I have a very structured, you know, if, then kind of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also thinking uh Ahead of time, but I cannot draw, so it's always like, "Wow, this is amazing! Give it to me! I'm gonna animate it now! I'm yes. gonna, I'm gonna put it in there!" And there is this synergy of skills that you make things that you could not make by yourself. And so, art. Actually, looking back in your question, beside the fact that I'm messy, the number one skill that I don't have is art, and that's the, always the number one skill I am looking for to work with.
1: And that's that's actually what true me your Kickstarter Uh. and that press (laughs) was like this this is the person that I want to talk to this is the Kickstarter that I want to promote because it it is just so amazingly packaged and and kudos to your artist because he's done a phenomenal job yes flip side of that what are you really good at
0: (laughs) Uh, it's um I think the okay, I, I, I think there's two things that I've been working very hard on as an entrepreneur. The first one is to better understand what it means to lead. Because as a guy who creates companies, um, there's no way I can bring uh, a company wherever I want it if I don't have amazing people next to me. Uh, so, and a paycheck is is one thing. It's 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 a utility. You know, you need it. It's important to also buy yourself stuff. But you don't stay in the company if you don't like what this company is about. If you don't like the mood of the company. If you don't like uh, the way you are respected or the way you can express yourself. Um, and since I've been running my own companies now for 12 years. This whole subject has been something extremely at the heart of everything that I do. And I think at this point of mind, I, I, I'm pretty proud of, of the last two organizations I've put together, uh, Lucky Dog Games and, and, and uh, Everyday Play in the way their uh, mission statements and, and, and the way the team and and the cohesiveness we have together. Um, And and I I want to believe this, there's a little bit of me in that, in the way I've I've put a company culture together that that really embraces the idea that people can express themselves, uh, that's... that people truly contribute to the mission. That we actually do have a mission. That it's that it's clear. That people know why they are doing it. How it positively impacts other people's lives, um, and uh, and and giving everybody something they could be proud of on a daily basis. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. The other one is versatility. Um, when you create a company from scratch, you have to kind of be everybody. Almost, you can't be everybody, but you have to do a lot of hats at the beginning because you don't have a lot of money, right? Uh, so, so obviously you have to f- to find those people that has that those core skill you don't have. Mine was art always, uh, but um, being versatile means that meaning means that you are curious enough to understand a subject matter and being devoted to try to be good at it. Uh, so I learned how to make a Kickstarter video two years ago. Mm-hmm. I have never done one and I was terrified of it. I've learned how to manufacture the board game. Uh, I didn't know how to do that two years ago. I've learned how to actually... It's um, so, something stupid, but that was terrifying for me at the time, It's which is how do you freight uh, containers overseas and pass custom to bring goods to the US, you know, it's like... This all like passing customs of goods through a container, and getting a truck to come pick up uh, 20 pallets of board games. Oof, that sounds like something. So I think ultimately uh, um, one of the best tools you can have as an entrepreneur is being very curious about everything and, and trying to find this versatility in all tasks. When you reach a point where you know you won't be any further good than what you hired this thing, and that you need to find that next person, which, which hopefully by the time the company has grown. Right now we are actually eight people, nine people. I mm-hmm. think we just hired the ninth person, um, and uh, and and every new people I bring on, they take over a track that I was taken care of, and they will supplement what I was doing to uh, to the next level, so that it becomes they, they are more dedicated. They will have more time to it, and they are they are going to be better than I what, what I was at it. But I I will still bring this thing there. Okay, it makes sense.
1: Yes, yes, it does. Um, now, oh man, the, <laughs> that, now now I'm stepping off script here. Um, so how how would you go about? on setting priorities Mm -hmm. and and time management in your day. Let's just tackle time management
0: first. Yeah, fair enough. This is a real subject, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially... Especially as, as uh, especially because the company, the kind of company we have, there's a lot of social media, there's a lot of attraction, there's an input output, there's a lot of tasks. We also work on multiple projects at a time, so uh, finding priorities is very important. I personally have a, a, a system in place of uh, short-term, mid-term, and long-term tasks. Um, I have uh, what's called, it's called like an. Uh, a, a, this yellow stuff, a sticker, a sticker notes on top of my computer where I put extreme short-term tasks that I don't want to forget. I think actually one best way to manage, first of all, priorities is to always dump. I have never, I have nothing in my mind. I've always everything written down. I, because if you don't write things, then you always have this little oh, oh wait, there is this thing by the way. Oh, I forgot that by the way. And uh, so, um, Yeah, so, you've got to make it
1: real in the world.
0: Yeah, instead
1: yeah. Instead of so, just in here.
0: Exactly. And so, so in order to be fully Effective and focus on the task that you put yourself on right now. You have to completely empty that mind of all those things. And the best way is just dump, 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 dump somewhere that you can retrieve and go back to. Um, so, so I have this. I have these things where I have a lot of time in my mind. I write them down and then I unpile them one by one in pure execution. So this way, uh, there is a lot more effic- efficiency and exec- when you execute, you don't have this uh, constantly this. Uh, this fuzzy mind. The <laughs> second thing is that then, uh, actually I use a lot of my emails as, actually no, okay, the, my role now includes a lot of emails. So I have a, 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 a priority system in, in my emails, the emails that I, that I manage, uh, so that I can quickly mark something, never miss an email, um, and make sure that I go back to it. Even if it's five days later, I always can go back to that email that I decided that I wanted to treat later. Um, and so ultimately the idea is that when I'm at... On, on a task and for whatever distraction comes to me, if it's in an email, I can mark it for later and come back to what I was doing so that I'm not distracted. Uh, or if it's a thoughts or a thing, I will write it down into a short-term, uh, short-term uh, panel so that I would deal with it later. Um, and then ultimately after it's all about it, at at a higher level, it's all about figure out what's matter the most in the short term, right? It's like what 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 has the most what what has the best ROI output by putting first, because sometimes there is a dependency with someone or or just because it will have the best um, return investment by by working on this thing right now. When I said return investment, it's return investment on that time it doesn't need to be money, uh, it's return investment on the time and spending to make it this way. So. Okay, and and ultimately there's a long term, so it's 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 not a word document. I'm I'm using uh, what's the name of this tool, Uh, Evernote. So I have an Evernote of kind of mid long term tasks that i come back to uh, say twice a week make sure if any anything needs to go back up or i have the bandwidth to make something go back up um, so that's again so always having of empty mind is has been the secret for me to be able to be best at focusing on task in the present and be in the now
1: yes absolutely you can it's so much easier to create something from nothing than versus a room full of just debris
0: <laughs> yes. What are your ways to organize your priorities?
1: Um, well, let's see. I use uh, I I use uh, gosh a series of written lists, and then I'll I'll go through and cross them off as they're completed, and then I okay. take ah, those okay. through to uh, to um, my Google Calendar. Okay. I, and, and my ah, last yeah, yeah. thing. Every day while I'm in bed is plan
0: out what I'm going to do. Ah, the, uh, the next day. day. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so actually, it's funny. Uh, I I know a couple friends were calendar driven, and I think it can work pretty well. That's another way of dumping. Actually, instead of putting in a list, you put it in a date later on, so that it's still dumped. It's not in your mind, and it will come back to you at a specific date. Um, I don't use it as much as others, but I can see this being a very efficient way also to uh, to have everything v- written down digitally and not in your mind. So.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I just had to, uh, because you're, you've you obviously got such a logical mind versus an emotional mind. I, I just wanted to kind of, kind of pick your brain in that way because I'm not very logical at all.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> secret,
1: secret. But again, I just wanted to take the time to Thank you so much, Vince, for coming Thank on you. and speaking with us here at Legends of Tabletop. And I, I look forward to seeing what else has is in store for us Fair coming enough. from Monkey Duck Games.
0: Um, so we have, I'm really excited with what's coming up. Um, in, uh, in September, October, we have a huh? video game adaptation called Mutant Ginty Gladiator. Uh, and we have turned this we've been working with two incredibly talented canadian game designer um, for almost a year on this and it's coming together as an incredible so this is a very midcore hardcore this this is not your first kind of board game it's it's a very meaty strategy game that plays in 45 to an hour and 45 minutes to an hour and a half so it's it's it is there's a lot to to go through and so that's that's for september october it's deck builder uh mutants and uh in 2019 we have chronicles of Prime. we haven't talked about it chronicles of crime is our biggest success it's a game that's coming to retail uh this uh, this december this is for christmas sorry actually in, in november um, it's we have manu- we have we have signed with over ten different languages. This game is going to be ever in the world for Christmas um, called Chronicles of Crime. We raised actually eight hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter in at the beginning of the year was it and it's a board game that mixes virtual reality an app and 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 a board game it's a cooperative crime investigation where everybody is uh going through this story driven story driven narrative trying to figure out uh who is a murderer or uh where is uh that girl has been kidnapped it's it's incredibly thematic it's everybody you really feel like you're a detective. And so this is coming to uh, this is coming to sco- to stores uh, for Christmas. And uh, we're, we'll be back on Kickstarter uh, next year with more extensions, more universe, because we use this, uh, we call it Scan and Play system, uh, to bring people to new universe, uh, like noir 1950 Los Angeles. And the other one is called Welcome to Review which is 1980, kind of... Uh, uh, kids on a bike, kind of a thing. Uh, oh, that's cool. So, so yeah. So that's that's what's ahead of us. And the last one is we have Fruit Ninja coming in retail at Gen GenCon. GenCon is just two weeks away, and we'll uh, we'll release this game uh, uh, in store in August. So yeah, that's that's what's ahead of us.
1: Very very exciting, and I hope all of our viewers will uh, keep their eyes open for Lucky Duck Games products.
0: Thank you and very much. Yes, thank you for, very much for having me today, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And have a wonderful e- evening. It's evening over yes, there? Yes,
0: it's 7 p.m. right now. Absolutely, oh, yes.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Again, happy anniversary. And I look forward to playing your games in the future. And thank you, thank you, so much. you again. Bye bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network.